And we're live on the 5 a.m. Master Scrum Show. Today I want to talk about giant IT organizations and what I've called many years ago called Scrum Fall and that you have to watch out for it. And one PSA. If you do drink apple cider vinegar, do not drink a lot of it. And they always say two tablespoons of apple cider vinegar before you go to bed. Helps with if you have acid reflux and things like that or just makes you better. I agree. It's two small tablespoons. <laughs> Cut it in half. I think I had that last night. I think I burnt my esophagus a little bit with it. Fixed everything else and then caused another. It sounds like a bug fix, right? Fix one thing, break another thing. It's like, oh, so my throat's a little scratchy today. So I apologize if I, I, I will try not to clear my throat today. But anyway, on that note, let's talk about big, giant IT orgs. I've been on them. I've worked with them. And they had their pluses and minuses. So let's talk about that a little bit today. The good and the bad. Scrumafall is something I called from years ago. Um, I was listening to a podcast. They were talking about, of course, Twitter's on the mind, right? All these people getting let go and this and that. And, and one guy commented about how these big call organizations call them thief thumbs. I'm like, I was calling them back uh, 12 years ago, 15 years ago. This came up with my own term watching some of these big orgs. So let's talk about that a little bit. Not about that part, but how they got there and, and what you need to watch out for to prevent your organization your scrum organization from becoming that, okay? So a little preventive medicine here. And this is the 5 a.m. Master Scrum Show. I am Greg Master, Scrum Master and Agile Coach. And here we talk about Scrum and Agile, very practical and tactical. And, and, and this is about bringing value to your customer. What we're going to talk about here is making sure you're bringing value to your customer and not working crazy hours. Like, you know, I love Elon, but working the hours and crazy hours. I don't think you need to do that if you do Agile and Scrum correctly. And keep your teams tight. So we'll talk about that. So you can have a little fun. And I think it's okay to have fun too. I think there's a balance of that. Uh, it's not all working craziness and working crazy hours. But you can have fun along the way as well. And enjoy what you do and where you work. So giant IT orgs. So I've been in companies that had thousands of employees in them. Just one part of the org for doing IT stuff. Had One group had 40 teams. Right? Uh, I think it was like, I want to say it was like eight trains, 40 teams. It was kind of big. And I would admit it, what, what you find out. And other teams were, weren't, wasn't that big for other companies. Not big on that one team. But what I saw was a scrum of fall. And what is scrum of fall, Greg? What is that? Why, why are these? So companies will hire these teams and build little scrum teams for a particular capability or specialty build a scrum team and then all these scrum teams are building front-end work or something needs something from those specialty scrum teams the problem is they don't communicate and really do pi planning correctly if you're doing safe they don't do it right where they're really getting into what do we need from each other and how do we plan for that and here's the problem when they build these scrum falls here's what it goes so you're in team A, you develop something and say, I need something such for some team B, okay? So you come up with, hey, team B, I need to put something on your backlog for your next sprint that you can help me with. So the other person's in this current sprint, the next team's in their next sprint, and I think I drew it one time um, with the scrum of fall. It's like a waterfall. It looks like, 
It looks like a Gantt chart. Oh my, wonder where that came from. Um, so, and then that team would do something and they say, well, I got to give that to the next team to do something. Maybe it's a, it's some even worst case, a test team. It needs to go to this testing organization outside of mine. So now you got the original team. They cut the second team crafts something. It may go back to the original team. It may go into the next team. And then it comes all the way back around and make sure it's all working and everything. So you could have something that should take a day to code. In essence, takes two weeks, two weeks, two, six weeks, so a month and a half. So something that may take a day to get done now takes a month and a half. This is where a real good, agile, flexible, and you can have large teams, looks at these at every PI planning. What are all the, the dependencies to have, right? And what is causing the wait, right? Or you might say, maybe we need someone from that specialty on our team because we use it every time we want to do a release. And you got to look at that stuff every time you want to do something to use the capability. Even if it's just a partial, it may be overkill, but you want to bring them on your team for a while. Maybe just bring them on your team to teach other people on your current team how to do that. I'm a big proponent of that, by the way. So if you have some real specialists that really do it, they can come on your board, your team. They can teach your team how to do certain things and get that capability to a good enough level that if they really need something really fancy and say, hey, we're really trying something different, then they can send it off to this other scream, uh, scrum team that specializes to really come up with a solution to a complex problem, right? But you always want to get it coming back. And this is where you as a scrum master and as a coach need to keep constantly looking at these dependencies and see what capabilities that you need to bring into your team, right? Because that keeps that scrum of all happening. Because if you had that capability in the team, you could probably deliver that code in a day or so. I mean, it'd be done. And you would have that package and you would satisfy the customer's need, right? Problem with these scrum of all organizations, when you say, when you add all the times, so remember, remember in project management, oh, it'll take you 40 hours. However, that 40 hours is going to be spread out over four months, right? Maybe it's one week a month over four months. And that's what a lot of these teams do. They take that 40-hour total work they need to do that one week, and they spread it out over time. And now you're not delivering your customer. Now you get these large, well, we need to hire more people so we can reduce that time. And it never happens, right? It never, it never truly reduces because they just don't rethink how they prioritize it and who they got to depend on. So you mean keep, we're going to get more people, but we're dependent on these other things. Even though we hire more people to do more stuff, we're still dependent on these other teams. So it's still taking, we can do more stuff, but we're still depending on those other teams. And unless they expand to the same rate, they ain't going to get there. So I wanted to just be mindful of when we are operating teams. Scrum masters should always be looking at this. They should always be looking at, dependencies, um, prioritization, are we prioritizing, are we spreading work out over time that in reality should only take a week or be done in the sprint, the whole thing, be done in sprint. But are we taking this and developing multiple epics and features for multiple clients? Therefore, we're not getting what we need to get done in the right, right time. Because <clears throat> what I think these larger companies missed out on is the idea of profit and loss. Because it's not in their their mindset to maintain a high profit to loss rate or yeah you know, 
profit and loss or go to profit to expense ratio, right? Because they don't see the profit. So they don't see the idea of as sooner I get this functionality in the hands of my front end client, the sooner the company makes revenue. They don't see that and they lose sight on that. And it's very important for the teams to understand that. And this is a good thing. You know, everyone trashes safe. There's some things about safe that they bring in that make sense, like the net present value, like the cost of good or work not done, right? You know, because we didn't deliver, how much revenue are we missing on that factor? And those are the kind of things that teams need to learn about and understand. Yeah, you could teach a class on it. I could teach a class on how to calculate that. However, if the teams aren't seeing like, hey, if we don't get this story or this epic or this feature done in this sprint, we lose this much more money because we're not generating revenue coming in because we gave this new feature, which we project is going to give us X dollars per client, right? So they got to watch that. So watch these giant orgs. Also, I'm going to give one more thing about from an employee perspective, not just how you organize this thing from an employee perspective. If you are in one of those giant orgs and it's kind of the gravy train right now, get a cert. Do not sit on your laurels and don't go while you're there getting paid and you're, you're, you have that looking at multiple things. And I'm going to go that in tomorrow. I have, I'm going to talk tomorrow about enterprise coaching. Um, what I see enterprise coaches don't do, I see what people get this, this obsession with certain types of frameworks in their brain and what they really should be doing as enterprise coaches. And they too should be doing this during these heights of these giant IT orgs. If you can take, if you can get them to pay for a cert or give you time to take a cert or, or even if they can't and you got to pay for it yourself, some people trash certs. But it's good for you because it's good for a long time. So if anything does happen and they and you do this whole Elon Twitter layoffs, because Facebook's they're all doing it right now. And I even hear some of the you know manufacturing, they're all coming down. You have something that maybe your competition doesn't, right? Put yourself first a little bit. Like, oh, I want to dedicate, I don't have time, I gotta do all this stuff, which is great, but Part of that might be, I got to take two days off so I can go get a start, go take a class, do whatever, learn a new skill, learn a new methodology in the brain that you can bring back right away to your team. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And if you get a cert because you took a class and they gave a cert, take credit for the cert. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And everyone like, oh, you got good certs. That's terrible evil. Like, yeah, I got one. You don't. I learned something new. You did not. You're stuck in your rut. Okay. Who's better situated for if we do have that? I'm looking to learn, being open-minded, a growth mindset. That's what you want to do. So I just want to share that with you. Just be careful of those giant IT orgs and the scrum of all that gets created based on them. And you should ask your question, how can we deliver the value of this epic or this feature or this whatever you have for the customer faster? Not just by hiring more people, but what can you do and rearranging things to get there? And be careful that you're not stretching that time out because sooner or later, the customer doesn't like you anymore because you're the front end interface. Even though you're teamed up with all these other companies and you can blame them, they're not going to listen to you blaming other teams for what you promise you're going to deliver. They're going to blame you 
for not promising what you deliver. So that only works for so long. And sooner or later, they go hire a bunch of contractors or an outsourced organization to do what you should have been doing in the first place. Be mindful of that. And I wish you all the best. That's not a happy, pleasant thought on a Monday. But it's something I want to share because I'm pay attention to this whole Twitter thing. What's going on? Not just the rhetoric from the news and, and the people, but listen to what the business, there's a couple podcasts out there. And there's a couple of videos out there that these executives are really analyzing what Elon's doing. And they're spot on right away from a business standpoint and entrepreneur standpoint, from an economic standpoint, um, what happened? They became too big, and Eli recognized that. So, what are you doing? And I'll, I'll maybe I'll do a thing on Twitter one time because I'll be honest with you, I haven't seen anything new come out of Twitter in years. It got so big, but when was the last time you saw some revolutionary new software come out of Twitter? You don't. Honest truth. And I'm going to go into the mentality that I was talking to my father about that the other day and my opinion on, on what, what really goes on and how, how they get to the, where they're at. Um, because no one lets them build any neat stuff anymore. Everyone is like, eh, you're not going to make build any neat stuff. I'm still going to build you for 40 hours. But I, but since we're not building anything, why do I need to really do that? The thought there. So I'm always big on building new stuff with that. I want to say, you all have an awesome day. Happy scrumming. Use scrum to help solve problems, get work and product in the customer's hands, not to delay. Oh, you have to get our backlog. No, you want to get product in the customer's hands. So with that, I say take care. Goodbye. And I will see you tomorrow.